Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio? You're coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. Well, we get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Well, I guess we should have seen it coming, but I I just, be totally honest with you, I didn't. I just didn't. Dallas was an 11-point favorite, getting ready to take on the Arizona Cardinals. They were coming off a dominating win on Sunday against the Jets, 30-10. to Get ready to go back home, take on the Patriots. They had Patriots, then Niners, then Chargers. Um... That's a hell of a schedule coming up. And, you know, look, we we should point out that they lost what? They lost Diggs in practice. Was that Thursday, guys, that they lost Diggs in practice? Okay. You know, you lose Diggs in practice on Thursday, so that's going to change you. But you're taking on the Arizona Cardinals, and... It's not like they lit you up in the air. Josh Dobbs was efficient, 17 to 21, 189, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, James Conner continues to be solid, 98 yards rushing on 14 carries. That's an average of seven yards per carry. So if there was a hole defensively, it was in the run game. There are a couple penalties as well. But I, I just, that was classic Cowboys. You know, the hardest thing to do is to make it. The second hardest thing to do is to live up to the expectations created when you make it, right? That's the same for anybody. In many ways, the follow-up album is harder than the first album because there's no expectations. Because when you have the follow-up album, it's like, man, not only do you have to make it a great album and sometimes better, but it's got to sound on some level like the first album. Jay, this is in your wheelhouse. It's It's interesting. I was having a a conversation with a friend about Paul's Boutique. Okay, Paul's Boutique was the Beastie Boys' second album. Licensed to Ill was their first. Now, I know 
Beastie Boys fans, like, relax. I understand that they didn't make any money off it. It was a bad deal. They didn't like it. They didn't play their own instruments. And then Paul's Boutique, artistically, they were much bigger fans of. And I actually like that album as well. But the fact is, it didn't sound like their first album. It wasn't as big a hit as their first album. I like Hey Ladies. It's my favorite. uh, That's my favorite Beastie Boys song, to be honest with you. And, And it was deemed to be a flop, right? And it's not about sequels. Sequels are hard. Right for a similar reason, expectations, and then you got to be. If it's a funny movie, got to be funnier. A scary movie, got to be scarier. But then you also have to use some of the same plot lines. Like you can't create a whole new movie. It's got to fit kind of with. I would tell you one of the best sequels of all time. Toy Stories are great. All the Toy Stories I felt like progressively got more interesting, better. Toy Story One was great, but they they had to use that same kind of storyline, but then create other things, and it was really good. But um, Austin Powers 2, right, where they introduced Mini-Me and Fat Bastard. I thought those were great additions to it while sticking with some of the James Bond spoof sort of things. But is that fair? I mean, all of us are fans of music. And the Cowboys, though they haven't won a Super Bowl, like, look, it bid since the early 90s that they had back-to-back 10-win seasons. You got back-to-back 12-win seasons. But then you, you talk about following up two gigantic wins where they look dominant and they come in flexing their muscles. Remember, you don't have digs, so your back end isn't as good. There's no way you can look at the Arizona Cardinals roster and think, we're going to lose this game. Not factoring in, the Cardinals have actually played well and could have won either of their two previous games. But, you know, like, look, there's are human beings in the Dallas Cowboys locker room. And, you know, they played the Giants and the Giants were completely undressed. So the Cardinals lose to the Giants, and what, how does your mind work as a human being? You do the transitive property, right? If A equals B and B equals C, A miss equals C. If we beat the Giants 40 to nothing, and they lose to the Giants at home, and we play at Arizona, well, then we're going to walk. It's going to be a walk in the park. But a funny thing happens on the way to a dominating victory. The Arizona Cardinals whoop them. Lead really start to finish. Here's Mike McCarthy summing up the game. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's the challenge of this league. You know, every, every game is is so unique to the specific matchups and so forth. This has been a this has been a, a rough week uh, on a lot of fronts. Um, you know, I think the, the amount of adversity you go through your your, your preparation process and and uh, we, we, you know we didn't have enough today. You know, we need to, you know the discipline and the penalties. Well, it's the same story for the Cowboys, right? Discipline and penalties. Here's Dak Prescott. Remember, he threw a late pick in the game. This was a humbling loss in that sense. Obviously, we've had a lot of adversity just throughout the week. Um, and uh, it wasn't easy. Obviously, it wasn't easy. Nobody's making excuses. We thought we had a great opportunity to come in here, even with the adversity, um, and get a win. And, yeah, I got to make that third down uh, throw. I got to make it, make the throw some some way, put it over him, uh, maybe just scramble and not go there with it. But it felt like we needed to play there, try to put it past the backers there. He made a great catch. He didn't, he didn't layer the throw. He didn't throw it over the backers and ends up getting intercepted. Um, Jonathan Gannon, I don't know if we owe him an apology yet, but his the videos released by the by the Arizona Cardinals. Remember, it's there. That's part of the story here is that the Cardinals have their own video digital team, and they had the first meeting with a couple of players. I think it was Buda Baker, and you're like, dude, this guy looks deer in the headlights. And then there was the speech in front of the team about did you take the bus or did you drive over? And I. Uh, you know, 
who the type of guys he's looking for. You're just like, holy cow. But the team has played for him. They played hard for him. Here's Jonathan Gannon on the win. I don't think wins and losses validate what you're doing on a daily basis. Um, obviously, it's a production business, so you got to win games. But um, that team has been bought in um, since, you know, with their head held high, losing on the road week one. You know, a game that we felt like we should have won week two, a game that we felt like we should have won. They kept their chin up and went back to work. And that's what we got to do this week because we've got a good football team going to San Francisco. Hmm. I mean, like, look, I don't know how the season ends up. I mean, they're going to get stomped this week because like, the worst thing that can happen to Arizona is you have San Francisco who played on a – but they they play on – what did they play on? Thursday night? Right, so San Francisco gets a couple extra days rest. They're arguably the most talented team in football. You come off a huge win, and you wanted to sneak up on them, and now San Francisco's saying, like, well – one, we can create space between us and everybody else in the NFC in terms of home field advantage, especially the Cowboys, who we thought would be a threat. And two, now you respect them. Because if you don't, you'll suffer the, faith of the, face, uh, the, the, the fate of the Cowboys. Niners are a 14-point favorite. And the Cards, of course, have covered every week so far this year. I mean, I almost feel like I, the Jonathan Gannon thing, was that an old okey-doke? Did they let those videos out to make us think that he was completely overwhelmed? Because, again, this this goes back to what we've said about Dan Lanning in Oregon and the speech before the game. We don't matter. We can make fun of it, but we don't matter. What matters is the guys, kids, men in the locker room. Do they buy in? Are they ready to go run through that wall for you? It's the same thing with quarterbacks, right? It doesn't matter what we think of a quarterback's leadership or what we think of a quarterback's skill. The only thing that matters is those guys in that locker room, if they buy in. And again, it's early. It's three games in, but a season that most of us thought Arizona would be lucky to win a game, especially with their first three games. Not that the Washington commanders are super talented, but new ownership, new offense, New quarterback, new energy, hard game. Then you play the Giants and Cowboys, two playoff teams, at home in a row, and you would have thought 0-3 is probably likely. And yes, they're only 1-2. Let's not act like, you know, they were Colorado and 3-0 and when we didn't see it coming. No, 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 they're 1-2. But Gannon's right. They, they have to have been bought in, and those, they should have won their first two weeks' games. On the other hand, you might think, had they won those previous two weeks' games, maybe they don't win Sunday. I still struggle with how this has happened, right? How has that happened, that the Cardinals are this competitive? Because I was one that looked at that and thought, wait, what are they doing? Are they trying to lose? Bayer, were you, I mean, what would, I wasn't working when the, when, I think I was off when, um, when Colt McCoy was let go, right? was traded. And then they, they go get Josh Dobbs. Did you think that they were going to be good? Uh, no, no. I, we did a whole show on how the Cardinals were tanking the season and just the, the decision. And that decision to sign Josh Dobbs, who is familiar with the coaching staff, has turned out to be a really good one. But this is 
this is why, like you mentioned what the Cardinals have done this season. It's why it is such a Cowboys problem. Because Arizona, Arizona really didn't do anything too different than what they did in the Giants game. I think you're always going to get a level of something from Arizona. Mm-hmm. And the Giants took advantage of it. And the Cowboys didn't. Dak had the interception in the end zone. They had the turnover on downs. They end up kicking a field goal on on one of their drives. And and that's the Giants went in, scored touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Now they needed touchdowns to get back into the game. I think you're always going to get a level of something from Arizona. It's just if you can overcome it or not. And I think that was what was so frustrating with Dallas yesterday. And again, it's you know there, there was a video of some buffoon. I saw on TikTok yelling at Dak on the sidelines and saying words he'd never say to Dak's face. Uh, but the overall sense is, again, that this is Dak's fault. or And and so I think it's it's such a Cowboys thing. Like the, the baseline thing for the Arizona Cardinals, I think this is kind of what you can expect from them. And maybe in week 13 and 14, it may be a little different if they're they're not as good. But I think that there is a baseline effort that you are going to at least have to play good football against them to beat them. And the way the yeah. Giants came back and, and beat them was something that the Cowboys couldn't do yesterday. And that's why I think it's such a Dallas, you know, Dallas problem and Dallas conversation. Why why do we think this happens in Dallas? Dak, number one. I also still think that there's a lot of questions about Mike McCarthy. Uh, as their head coach. And then let's just go all the way to the top. You know, I mean, I think that they're the the questions about Jerry Jones and, and the decisions that they make, even though they've made a lot of really good decisions in bringing the team to where they are. I think that that's the I think that's the decider. I mean, they ran the football well. Dak had the late turnover. Um, they spread the ball around. I mean, there's just there's something missing there where they and and even after the game, Dak says all the right things, all the right things. And I would agree with you. Like th- there's a we've discussed this before intangibles in terms of leadership. He has tangibles. He's just like the last throw is a perfect example. Like you just you got to layer that throw. No question. But there's something to the, they haven't won anything. Like I know the Cowboys won 12 games both the past two years. I know they were dominant the first two weeks of the season. But they haven't won anything that matters in 20, excuse me, 30 years. Right? And one would think, and I know that those guys aren't connected with any of the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years of history with the Cowboys. But man, one would think, like, this is a great opportunity to go and just lay the hammer down and let's, and they just were not ready to play. And yeah, I'd put that on coaching. And yeah, I'd put that on Dak. We can say that he says all the right things, but what is his leadership like, really? Yeah, they, they had some it, it, adversity in the week. Yeah. They had a big injury to a big player. But it, they didn't have adversity like a lot of these teams have. You know? Yeah. I would much rather the adversity of losing one cornerback than the adversity of the Arizona Cardinals people thinking that you're trying to lose every game. There are four possessions in the second. But they make it out like. Uh, go ahead. I was I'm just going to say there are four possessions in the second half, Doug. All made it inside the Arizona Cardinals' ten yard line, and they came away with a total yep. of six points. Yep. 
And, and, and what, what did we hear from the McCarthy and, you know, why they changed? He's now calling plays and Kellen Moore. Well, they march up and down the field and they don't score enough touchdowns and yeah. they change coordinators. It's very in, it, uh, reflective of how we view them. Oh, this is a team that can rack up some stats, put some impressive performances together, but when it's time to pay the bills, they don't come through. You know, and it's time to well, beat the 49ers that's a great on the road. Point. And, yeah. Yeah. Microcosm. Yeah. And and if you and if you think about it, what you what you hear from NFL people is when you judge quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks, it's what do they do in the red zone? Right? What's the percentage of times that they score a touchdown in the red zone? Because between from twenty to twenty, you can put up a lot of yards, especially with the way games are fishing. Although I will say has anyone else noticed how much defensive backs are getting away with now as opposed to previously? Right? As long as they, they look at the ball, they're getting ready. There's just hand-fighting galore. But generally, between the 20s or between the 30s, you can move the football pretty well in the NFL. The best of the best are great in the red zone, and the Cowboys were not yesterday, especially in the second half. And a limited number of possessions, and part of that was James Conner running the football, and part of the plan of the Cardinals I thought they outcoached him. I thought they outprepped him. I thought they outplayed him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I just learned that Discover Credit Cards does something pretty awesome at the end of your first year. They automatically double the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned, they double. Cash back on trips, restaurants. All doubled. Seriously, though, see terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash 
match. So we're at, what, the 25th of September? 23rd, 24th, hell of a sports weekend. What do we love? What do we hate? What did you love? God, I love you. And what did you hate? Meet these player haters. All right, a little love and hate for us. And uh, you can pick one thing, uh, guys. And you can feel free to tweet us at Gottlieb Show or Exus. Is it is it Exus? Is that what we do? Can we still uh, what is the verb? Is it X? What is the verb? Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I really, really don't know. Um, let's find out what people love and what we hate. Let's start with you, Jay Stu, because I know there's lots you hate, so let's find out something you love. That's a great point, because I have like nine things that I hate, uh. um, and I had to scramble for the one that I love. So this is what I loved from the Sports Weekend. <laughs> That's uh, that's Paul and John and Ringo, um, and George. So uh, Joshua Dobbs has become to me the story of the season. You know, I love the underdog. I he's kind of like um the twenty twenty three version of Geno Smith, kind of you know completely factored out, and then he has a couple really good games. This uh, and. He's made the most of the opportunity. Think about this, Doug. If you're Joshua Dobbs a, uh, Dobbs a month ago, you're traded to a brand new team. It's so close to opening day, and then all you hear on talk shows or at the, on the debate shows is that them bringing you in is a perfect example of them tanking for the season. Uh, you suck that badly that they're going to bring you in so that the, the team can lose on purpose. Um, he filed all that away, I'm sure, and he's had – I don't think he's had – great starts but he's kept this thing afloat and he gave him the win yesterday so one thing i loved about the sports weekend joshua dobbs of the arizona cardinals okay how about you dan buyer something you love well there, there was a lot that i loved uh in south bend on saturday night as the uh, buckeyes were able to pull off that win against uh, notre dame and I think that the third and goal call at the one-yard line really could have been the play. But I'm going to go back to the third and 19 that they converted to set up the first and goal at the one. The throw from Kyle McCord to Emeka Abuka to set up that uh, scenario that we are still talking about today. Because after McCord got the intentional grounding penalty on second down, I just felt that, all right, well, this game's probably over. This is going to be very difficult to sort out. Ohio State had to use their last timeout to avoid a 10-second runoff on that play, and they immediately responded and got it down to the one-yard line. I remember thinking when he caught that ball that the Notre Dame defensive backs did an amazing job of keeping him out of the end zone. His momentum was carrying him over that line. That that was an amazing throw. Um, here's something I love. We always know how we teams and get guys get picked in audio, right? They're on the field, football, but I don't know if it's a basketball, baseball, guys on the fields are mic'd up, they're being asked questions, and usually they never get the ball hit to them, but yesterday this happened. I don't think it's been a, a surprise that as soon as I start, sorry guys, I need to make this play real quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so Miguel Rojas of the Dodgers is talking on ESPN television, and he gets a ball hit to him, and he's just like, hold on a second, let me just throw this guy out, and then Chuck's and nails him at first, like, no big deal. I love that. I love that. That was so awesome. I, I also think that that is the appropriate spot to use fake laughter. Because you do think it is funny, but it's not, ha-ha, I'm going to laugh yeah. about it. But he definitely deserved a chuckle in that spot. No doubt. Yes. Now, I mean, the easy joke here is that if you mic'd up Miguel Rojas batting, there's no way he could be like, let me let me just make contact here, guys, because it's a good chance he's not going to do it. But he's an amazing shortstop. I love that moment. That was great. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with something I love that I think you we would all normally disagree with, but it played out to be something that decided a game. How many times have you heard in a football game when you kick a field goal, you need six and seven, you can't get threes, that doesn't win you a game, right? I give you the Indianapolis Colts and their kicker, Matt Gay. Right? Matt Gay kicked, what was it, four, four, four of his field goals were from 50 yards or more. He made all five of his field goals, including a long of 54 yards, and they beat the Baltimore Ravens in overtime in Baltimore. Now, look. I, I know that you do want to score touchdowns, okay? But to me, the bigger thing is don't turn it over and just get points every time you score. And it wasn't like they were deep in the red zone for four, all four of those field goals, so it, it's not the same argument. But I just – the Colts are better with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, and we thought they'd be bar- better now. Obviously, when Richardson comes back, it's more betting on the future. And, you know, Baltimore strikes me as a super arrogant team. Like, I think they thought the, the Colts would lay over, roll over and die for him, and they just did not. There was something else, Doug, that happened in that game that it wasn't purposely done by the Colts, but if it was, Shane Steichen would have been thought of as a genius on Belichickian levels. And they were down 17 to 16. If you just bear with me here, they have the ball basically backed up in their own end zone, a third and 10. 17 to 16 is the game. Ravens are up by one. Minshew steps out of the end zone for a safety. Does it with 203 left. And what that actually did is it allowed the Colts to actually kind of have a bit of a lifeline in that scenario. Because what happened was the foot stepped out of bounds at 203 on the clock. So the two minute warning had not passed yet. They got a free kick, so they got you know 20 yards of field position, and instead of being down one, they were down three. They had their timeouts. They did a free kick, and Duvernay of the Ravens called for a fair catch, so no time went off the clock. That was probably his mistake. So they were still on the other side of the two-minute warning. They then were able to stop Baltimore and got the football back in time to allow Gay to kick one of those field goals to tie the game at 19. So it was a crazy, crazy set of events. But if they would have just had to punt from their own end zone, they likely, Doug, would have given Baltimore field position in plus territory. Tucker could have kicked a field goal. They would have been up four, and the Colts would have had to score a touchdown if they had any chance to win. That's a great point. All right, let's get to something. Oh, uh, let's get to something we hate. We hate. Let's start with you, Jason Stewart. Something you hated from the weekend. You know what I couldn't stand yesterday? Hmm. And if you followed the Chargers at all, you know that this is yesterday was a great microcosm of Mike Williams' football career. 
Mike Williams having an outstanding day, like making all the plays that he normally does. He was the one on the receiving end of the Keenan Allen uh, lateral throw. Um, just having a great day. And the last five to eight minutes of the game, he goes down near the near the uh, near the one of scrimmage, and he stays down. And I turned to my son watching the game and said, "You got to be kidding me!" Because when Mike Williams goes down, it's usually bad. And we learned today he's out for the season. I hate that. I'm sad for him. Uh, but it just such, like this is what has been happening to us Charger fans for the past six years with Mike. He's such a gifted player. He's a freak of an athlete, but he just can't stay healthy. And, and he's that was his best game he's had not only this year but in a while. Seven catches, one twenty-one, averaging you know seventeen yards a catch. Um, thankfully, they did. You know, they drafted Quinton Johnson, who's not Mike Williams, but is six foot four and does have better hands than his reputation would lead you to believe. But still, massive loss for the Chargers. And yes, that's like every Chargers expected nightmare. Let's get to Dan Byer. Something you hate. Doug, I hate that you cut me off two minutes ago when I was telling you that boring story about the Colts. <laughs> like I know, I I know that I, I was boring off? anybody that was leaving work, and they're like, "Thanks for adding to my awful Monday, Dan." But uh, yeah, so I that's I, what I actually like the story. I was like, I, "Oh man, Dan, you didn't bore me." Uh, <laughs> it, what it did do, it did. And then on third down, the Colts did this, and then on fourth down, they, uh, it, it did delay my my punchline that I was going to give, which was yesterday. Gay was straight. Oh, jeez, this one day. again. <laughs> I mean, I, I was. I, I mean, like, look, I I believe most of us had a conversation. I was at a. Sports bar? Yeah, I was at a sports bar with a bunch of guys, and I turned and I was like, that had to be a heck of a last name to to grow up with. And they're like, yeah, but 2023, like, kind of feels different. I was like, you know, it's a good point. So I did not think of the gay was straight, but I definitely thought the last name was something that a lot of people were discussing around the country. All right, uh, Dan Byer, some of you hate. Oh, man. <laughs> I uh, I hate that we the the TV networks still think we care about the Steelers and Raiders. Uh, that rivalry was 50 years ago. All right, I, I'm sorry. I just didn't love the Sunday night game. Turned out to be a nice game, but these are two mid teams. Please, Did, does anybody have any idea what the Raiders were doing kicking a field goal down eight? I mean, Josh McDaniels. He was like, we needed multiple scores. It, like, it was Lafleur esque, right? Why not just say I screwed up? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no way. No one does anyone see any way, any way out of that. Like it's a mistake. Um, if they ended up winning by a touchdown and coming back, that would be the only way. I'd be like, see, all oh, Josh McDaniels did, but yeah, it was Lafleurian esque. Honest, honestly, like. I would tell you, I thought the first mistake was, didn't they take points off the board? Right? They kicked the, kicked the field goal, and then there's a penalty. And so then they yes. went, and, and, and that was with three and change to go. They got a gift, yep. They, they got a gift on a terrible call. And um, they, there was a couple calls that went against the Steelers. There was, uh, there was also the roughing the passer call. Like, that was not roughing the passer. That was Minka Fitzpatrick. He, that was just a great hit, but whatever. Um, felt like the Super Bowl that Dan Seahawks won all over again. Anyway, 
You kick a field goal, they were three and change to go. Now it makes sense. Now you can stop it with like two to go. Go for the touchdown. Because then if they get the ball back, you can still get a stop. You still have your timeouts. Yeah. Good point. Um, all right. Uh, how about you there, Jay Stu? Something you hated from the weekend. Mike Williams, but uh, John Ramos has something great for Oh, yeah, we already is. got you, Jace, too. Go ahead, Ramos. I don't know if it's great, but I hate the fact, we talk about this all the time, I hate the fact about how many times we hear about, you know, the Rams games at home, the Chargers at home, it's like a home game for the other team. Well, how about this post-game interview with three Steelers players playing in Las Vegas with the Raiders? I have to you guys because we know that the fans travel well but there were so many terrible towels and it really did it sound like a home game yes and that we are not surprised by Steel Nation at all I think it was 70 30 here it felt like a home game we had them on a silent count and I promise mm, you Steel Nation it makes how it interesting a home game for the Raiders when they're at home for another team shocking isn't it there are other teams that are also have to play John, on the road John, John I, I like you guys decide So this is John's pushback because last week was like 90-10 San Francisco in L.A. The difference, John, is that the Raiders have never been in Vegas until they moved to Vegas. The Chargers were the arch rival of the team in Los Angeles before they moved to Los Angeles. The Rams were actually in L.A. And they claim they've been to two Super Bowls and won one of them. And they claim they own L.A. And they still can't fill up their own building with Rams fans. So yeah, yeah, I mean, and and like, wasn't that a part of the business model of going to Vegas? Like, the part of the business model yes. was you're going to get oh. people making a weekend of it for the other team too. Well, it, it's also part of the Steelers fans. They don't just travel. There's Steelers fans in San Diego back when the Chargers were there in Los Angeles. In because the Chargers have been, I mean, because the Steelers have been good in every decade since the '70s. They've had a Super Bowl team, right? So and Super Bowl winning teams for, for most of those decades. So it's like, yeah, people and people move out of Pennsylvania because the best part of Pittsburgh is leaving Pittsburgh. Oh, he said it. He did say it. All right, let me get to the, let me get to the thing that I hate. I, I, I hate these people who are sucking up to Colorado football and they they make it out like we are picking on Deion Sanders or picking on Colorado. This is the way the sport works, folks. Like Dan Lanning's pregame speech was great. It might not have been great for you. You might have thought, but did his kids come ready to play? Yes. Were they well coached? Yes. And it's meant for their parents because he's saying their kids are tougher and more focused and it's meant for future recruits. And oh yeah, by the way, it was dead on accurate. Right. So like, look, this is what happens. You walk in, you puff out your chest. If you're not good enough, you're going to get smacked. They got smacked around against Colorado State. They bounced back and played really well in the second half and got a win. Even though Colorado State probably should have won that game. Uh, And you go down after the attrition of losing Travis Hunter. You're not as good as Oregon and you get thumped. Dion was like, that's a good old fashioned butt whooping. Why can't everybody else accept that? They're just not that good. And there's still people like, no, they're really a top 25. No, they're really not. They're much better than we thought they would be at this point in time. But don't let the story confuse you with they're actually really, really good. They're not. They're not, especially in that league, which is actually, it's an outstanding football league. 
I hate how people try and rework things and make it out like we're trying to pick on Dion or pick on Colorado. This is what we do. We fall in love with stories and then there has to be a substance and some sustainability to it as we go on. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Love throws, right side, back, Sarah, leaping, grab, Romeo, death, touchdown, Green Bay Packers, sensational throw and catch. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. It's Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. That is our progressive play of the day as uh, the Packers come from behind and beat the New Orleans Saints behind uh, Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs' connection in the fourth quarter. That call on WRNW, Packers Radio Network. Progressive is making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Let's get to the press. The press. Dan Byer, what do you got? Give me, Doug, I'll give you something also interesting from that Green Bay game. You know, they trailed 17 to nothing, kicked a field goal, were down 17 to three. When they scored their touchdown, their first touchdown in the fourth quarter, Green Bay went for two. Got it to make it 17-11, and that allowed their game-winning touchdown then to be one with just an extra point. Going with the 50-50 thought process of two-point conversions that you're going to make one out of two, and heck, if you make the first one, even better. But 
If they didn't get it, they still would have needed to score a touchdown and get a conversion. But that allowed Green Bay to get that one-point win against the Saints. That and the missed field goal at the end by New Orleans. But Yeah, yeah. missed field goal is huge. Although, you know, indoor kicker, you know, playing outdoors. But I, I also think there, there's another element to it. And I mentioned this. We'll talk about this a little bit more in the podcast. The Chargers, for example, I talked to other people, not, not Brandon Staley, and they were all for going for it. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, 75% conversion rate on fourth and less than a yard. I didn't like the play call, but that's the thinking behind it. And sure. I think that's the thinking behind going for two, which is like the conversion rates are, are different than the, you think in your mind. Yeah, I actually thought about it because I was strong. I was with you. I was strongly against it when we were doing our show yesterday, thinking like, you know, for as good as Kirk Cousins was, He's not Peyton Manning, and I think we always go back to the Patriots and Bill Belichick making that call against the Colts. And uh, in this essence, um, yeah, hey, they still have to get in the end zone, Minnesota does, and they didn't do it. All right, more news from the NFL, Doug. The Steelers team charter was diverted to Kansas City early this morning after they left Las Vegas following their win against the Raiders. The Steelers finally got back to Pittsburgh at around 1 o'clock local time in the city, but landed in Kansas City at about 5 a.m. because of an oil pressure failure in one of the engines. That does not sound like a, a fun flight, right? You lose, uh, excuse me, you win a game, you get on a plane, and I mean, anybody thinks mechanical failure, but I I know it sounds really scary. I haven't seen any tweets of players feeling like they knew something was wrong. You know, so yeah. a, a, a light could have come on and they could have, you know, emergency landing, we think no wheels, you go in, skid marks and anybody, like emergency landing is just unplanned landing. Let's hope it was that because anything else, and there's some PTSD that comes with it. Cam Hayward uh, took to Twitter, first tweeted, dang emergency landing in Kansas City. I think it's due to Minka Fitzpatrick's roughing the passer call, but seriously landing in KC. Then responded to that saying, yo, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, we might need a ride to Pittsburgh. That's funny. Yeah. And then he threw another one uh, taking Snoop Dogg saying, Uncle Snoop, can you come pick us up on the Soul Plane? Uh, so Cam Hayward, pretty light with it. Uh, for the, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although he's not even playing. Plenty of time on his hands. He didn't yeah. play because he was injured. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Packers a little bit earlier, if the Packers would have practiced today, Aaron Jones would have been limited. The reason we're, on, we're talking about it is the Lions come to town on Thursday for Thursday night football. Green Bay was extremely shorthanded with uh, Jones. Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, and Jair Alexander out yesterday. Jones would have been limited. There would have been no practice for Watson or Bakhtiari in that Thursday night game, which should be a pretty good one between the Lions and Packers. No doubt. Plus, Aaron Jones badly underthrew that double pass play on fourth down, which it's easy to be critical of him. Like, if he just throws the ball to Jordan Love, it's a wide-open completion. Yeah, well, Aaron Jones didn't play yesterday. Who was it? Oh, it was, it was the Aaron other, Jones. Who yeah, was it? Was who made different, that throw? Yeah, gosh, you know, it wasn't A.J. Dillon. It was the no. third running back. It and, wasn't Legatron. So, um, but yeah, that was that was a weird splits crazy situation. Play. Crazy, yeah. crazy play, considering. But it was open. Uh, that was, was that Nixon or was that Pryor? It wasn't Patrick, Patrick Taylor. Taylor was... Uh, that's not his number. Oh, it was 31. Emmanuel Wilson. Yeah. Emmanuel Wilson. Emmanuel. Rookie from Fort Valley State. Yeah. Was... All he had to do was throw it right to, I guess throwing a football is a little bit harder than it looks. 
Suspended Michigan State head football coach Mel Tucker responded to the school's intent to fire him in a 12-page document uh, that members of the media are getting their hands on. Tucker called the investigation, or his attorneys called it, flawed, incomplete, unfair, biased, devoid of due process in ways of describing Michigan State's intent to fire Tucker with cause. Well, I I would say this. Uh, When it first came out, I'm like, dude, he's not going to get a penny. The more that comes out, there's no way they allow discovery like this thing goes to a trial. I, he'll get somewhere around half, but what an ugly situation. Ugly. That's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, Byer, quickly pick both games. I'll take the Bucks and Bengals. Uh, I have the two home teams as well. I get the two home teams even with those numbers. S- stay tuned for the podcast. This is Doug Gottlieb's show. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 